Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Elena, and we are with Justin today for a Q&A episode. We're really excited to have you guys here and tuning in with us uh, for another Q&A. We love hearing the questions that you guys have to submit to us. You can submit them over on Instagram, which we will link below, but it's the Centurion Leadership Battalion, and we would love to hear from you there. But welcome, Justin. I'm excited for our conversation today. I'm I'm excited as well. How are you doing today, Elena? I'm doing well, doing well. I am happy it's finally starting to warm up outside where I live. So that's nice that spring is on the way and getting out of this winter. So that's always, always nice. No, I agree. And, um, you know, one of the things I think that's always nice about spring or winter is, um, or, well, I like winter. Um, I like working out outside during the winter when it's dark outside and I feel like it's the time where you make the most distance, but I do enjoy being able to be warm working out or going outside again, uh, for sure. And Georgia is interestingly so humid where we are because the lakes that cold here is a different type of cold. And it's, um, and so that also being said, I feel that spring is almost like a a rejuvenation and people start, you know, going outdoors more and kids sporting events go outside and you have more sun in your life um, in general, generally. And so, you know, I think times get a little bit happier. I think families spend a little more time together. They go on vacations more because the weather's nicer, things like that. So. Yeah, I think getting outside more around this time of year is awesome and kind of lifts off that that darkness and the dreariness, especially after the time changes back and all of those things, which honestly really confuse me still as an adult. But once the time changes and the days are a little brighter, um, it seems like everything sort of goes in that direction as well. So definitely nice. And I know what you mean about Georgia going from Georgia to Pennsylvania slash Delaware. Um, it's definitely way colder up here and a different type of winter. So I even love getting to, you know, spring and summer even more than I did back home, but the humidity is something that I don't necessarily miss, but it is pretty humid up here too. I would say it's not perfect, but the, the winters are so different than being down in Georgia. And I know it's probably different for you, you know, living in Maryland and then living in Denver or Colorado, somewhere in Colorado, um, and then going to Georgia, it's probably a lot to adapt to for you as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the coolest part about it is, well, you, we don't have snow in Georgia, which is a little bit strange being that I grew up in Maryland and have lived in Colorado and in New York and mostly up North Pennsylvania for school. So there's that. Um, the other part is, I think that 
just the exposure of really living somewhere else um, or living in Milledgeville and, and things like that. I think that's been a really cool venture, um, weather aside. Um, seeing how that all works has been pretty cool. So there's always that added benefit by changing climates, by seeing things maybe we don't get snow. Uh, we do have the lake, of course. That's pretty awesome. And um, but we get a new experience. So absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And hey. we'd love to we would love to hear where some of our listeners are listening in from. So comment on our Instagram. We'll do a post and ask, you know, regarding this episode when it comes out, where our listeners are tuning in from. We would love to hear and see more. Obviously, we can see a map of most of our listeners, but it'd be fun to hear directly from you and, and see where you're listening in. But thank you for listening and let's hop into our Q&A for the day. Our question for today is, what is the visionary thread of leadership? That's an excellent question. So I think we've talked about it maybe before in some of the other podcasts or episodes, but maybe not. So there's a thread by, I would describe it a lot like our character or our integrity. And it's, we think about it a lot as it's just honesty. Or it's just showing up on time. Or it's just going to the gym. You know, we have this thing that we want to be known by. And how do we do that? One of the things I'm, I'm trying to do on the podcast also, guys, is I'm, I'm listening to some of the feedback I've gotten and we're trying to really generate value here. So I want to try to break down these topics into what goes on now. Um, sort of what we've accepted or settled for and where we should be going or how we should think of our lives as leaders um, and the way to be the most effective leaders. That being said, if we look at the things in our life we want, let's say I want to have more loyalty in my life from the people around me. That probably means that one of the things that I need to work on is loyalty myself. I will thus attract loyal people, but I will also set a standard and an example of loyalty. You know, and it's right now with core value number four being this month, it's lead by example ties into this. So the thread is literally, we have a lot of needles in our life. You know, one of the needles in my life is my family. Another needle in my life is exercise or that I'm doing 75 hard again right now. Another needle in my life is food service partners. Another needle is better with bacon fat. Another needle is grown strong. Another needle is primal rock. Another needle is simplify now and building out that since we're starting to gain momentum in those meal programs. And as Meals to Thrive spins out into Primal Rock, that's another needle. What else are needles? The community we're involved in, uh, the college, Georgia College, that's also part of here in Milledgeville. The employees in California, the union in California, the union in New York, the employees in New York. So how do I, as a leader, across all of these things in my life, 
have a com the common threads that really allow all the needles to come to work together to form a common blanket, for example, or scarf or whatever is tapestry of my life. You know, because that's what they're weaving. These needles are weaving our life. If you've ever watched Moana, Maui has the tapestry of his life tattooed on his body. It's a cartoon by Disney with the rock in it. Obviously, why you why I saw it. I do like Disney movies. Um, I am still a kid at heart, but it, it is awesome. I love Disney movies too. And now I use it as an excuse since I'm pregnant. I always play like Disney soundtracks and Greg will be like, why are you listening to that? I'm like, it's for the baby, but really it's for me. There's no shame in, for any Disney lovers out there. Yeah. And I agree with you. And we just talked about this. Um, and speaking of the visionary thread, let's, I mean, I'm going to branch it into it because I accidentally tripped over it, but it's a good point is and we talk about it here in Milledgeville and there's a lot of these towns everywhere so Walt Disney you know he drew cartoons he had a lot of failures along the way he had even Oswald the Rabbit which I think was a minor success M Mickey Mouse was only seemed like a major success suddenly because he had had all the failures leading up to Mickey Mouse like Oswald the Rabbit blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then all of a sudden with that success, there's the momentum of Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse, Pluto, whatever. But ultimately his goal and his vision, well, I believe, well, you know, others can argue otherwise, but was to spread happiness throughout the world or add in joy. And maybe some of it, you know, I'm not sure exactly what his mindset was but what his mindset was he created a theme park you know in anaheim california it's like okay if i have these characters and i have these things now let me help make or give people the opportunity to not only watch the movies or or watch the films but also like become part of it for a day like and feel that happiness and that joy by immersing yourself in it and then so much further that now we talk about the songs are part of our lives and the characters and there's pops and i have disney bands that collection a part of my shoe thing because i like air jordans and i like shoes but bands and the and the different styles that come out i like those as well so i don't very i don't wear them I try to get Trevor to shoot photos. So they may be on my Instagram here and there if anyone wants to look. But my point being is somewhere along the lines, Disney had this visionary thread in his life. And he's like, if I focus on joy and happiness and, you know, magic, for lack of a better term, because happiness and joy, it, it comes out of nowhere. It's magical. Like money doesn't necessarily buy it. It can help contribute to it. It doesn't necessarily take away from it. You know, so there's a lot of these things that he believed in. And in this weird vision, he went to a no-name town of 71,000 people in 1960 and, and literally as an entrepreneur with a lawyer's help, formed four companies and bought up the land around Orlando to build the happiest place on earth, which would be Walt Disney World. And he would die. 
he would film his goals. He would go to a doctor thinking he had a polo injury, got lung cancer, died in no time. And somehow all the people of his company carried on with his visionary thread. Okay, his tapestry that he wove was so protective and so seen and so large by so many people that after he passed away, not only did they build the second Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney Park, but they've built them all over the world now. In Paris with Michael Eisner, you know, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, you know, it's only a matter of time before there's one in India for sure. You know, probably Brazil. You know, these big countries that seem to have, you know, large pull in the world. We talk about the BRIC countries. You know, I don't think Russia is getting a Walt Disney World anytime soon. But um, either way, the visionary thread that he used and the needles that he wove, whether it was the Epcot Center or Magic Kingdom or the movies or the characters, the common thread was that happiness, that spreading of joy. And so, or one of his threads, I should say. So in that line, in that yarn of thread through all the needles, he was able to do it through movies and through theme parks um, that would transition into characters and in other movies and development of new characters and acquisitions of Pixar and you know, Lucasm Films and, uh, or sorry, Lucas Films and Marvel. Joy in a different way. Adults now, 50 years later, celebrating Walt Disney World, it still brings me joy to go there. But his visionary thread was so strong, or visionary threads, excuse me, through all of his needles and what it wove you arguably are talking about someone's name who's going to be, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to false idol anyone or get anyone all stirred up, but Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Walt Disney, possibly as long as humans exist, that name will be around. It could have the leadership, happiness, impact in the world today and spread. He's only been dead 50-ish years. 60-ish years think about that what's happened after him so there's jesus christ there's muhammad there's buddha there's all these people gandhi they've had this impact on the world that'll arguably last generations with their impact you know so what is what did disney do with his visionary thread and so that's the importance of it what are we actually doing with it you know, and it's an interesting thing because I sit in meetings all day long. There's very successful people, people that have made a lot of money. And we're sitting here with their legacy on the line. Most of them are in the rooms older than I am. And your legacy's on the line. You don't know how much long you're going to live. Maybe your legacy is only your children. But you're literally knowingly trying not to expose people to other cultures in their food. We Americanize things because people don't travel outside the country or don't have that exposure. We don't 
make decisions that are better for the environment or better for food or better for the nutrition of the humans we're trying to feed. It's usually about money. And I would say that's probably true all over the world, the overfishing that the Chinese do, you know, us as Americans, the overconsumption of bad food and the promotion of really bad food like corn syrup, even if it's, you know, not your high fructose corn syrup, we're still using corn syrup. So I get it on a dependency thing. It's just, we could probably figure out ways to grow sugar. <clears throat> so that being said, what is the visionary threads that we have in our lives? What is it that we're doing that, that crosses those boundaries into all of our life? A lot of people are like, that's my work life. That's my family life. Work is not personal. Personal is not work. Well, then you're not, you're missing my point. And people really stick on this and it's a really big deal. And work is not personal. Well, of course it is. It's where you spend most of your time. And the sooner we realize that it is personal and we need to have passion and we need to have compassion and we need to have drive and motivation to build our businesses forward and to be better businesses for the world, then we'll stop saying, oh, it's not business, it's pleasure. And we'll stop looking to rush to retirement so quickly to do nothing, to watch TV, to do what? Because it ain't going to help anyone from the past be better or their legacy be any better if we waste our time here. And it ain't going to help our legacy moving forward. It's not going to help our legacy moving forward if we don't take the time now to always move it forward. So we've got to find the passion, the compassion, the feelings. It is about emotions. It is about being more emotional in an emotional, intelligent way. But business, your personal life, they need it. We need to start aligning them as humans. Happiness goes up. Yes, we can take more time for enjoying time with our family because our businesses will probably be more successful. We will probably be more successful. That's the visionary threads. What is it that I want with my life? You know, it's very interesting because I don't have biological children that my visionary threads are probably very different than someone who does. Have children biologically or adopted that they raised from itty bitty children. You know, do I have a legacy? Do I believe in it for my for Zoe and Maddie, my stepdaughters, absolutely. No matter what happens to Deborah and I, they will always be a part of my legacy, for sure. Not saying anything will ever happen, but that's what I'm talking about in a visionary threat, is that no matter what it is, what commitments I make, I make them for the long run. And sometimes things happen, but what matters is the legacies and the next generations that I make an impact on that I try not to harm, that I try to set examples and lead by example of how to do things better. That's part of my visionary threat. Walt Disney was able to do that and compounded in the generations through happiness in magic or joy, which I mean, movies, they've changed, you know, as society's changed, Walt Disney has changed. 
no different than we talked, you know, Catholic churches used to only teach in Latin until 60-ish years ago, I think. 70s, I think it was. So, I mean, it's just life, and I'm not calling Disney a religion, I'm just saying the impact that Jesus Christ made on love and forgiveness and and that type of life, or Ali made for those who believe in his leadership and the way he did things and his, uh, what would become, you know, the Islam religion. It's, it's what I'm talking about, our Moses leading the Jewish people, you know, so on and so forth. We're talking about leaders here that were visionary, so visionary they could see things on a greater scale. It was so visionary that it lasted after their time. And while our children are our legacy and they are part of our visionary trail, you know, we have to really look at what's, what's the opportunity we have. This is really it. I mean, heaven, afterlife, no matter what, it's not here again in the same form as a human. So what is the impact we make with the time that we have as a human in this spiritual form or in this material form or organic form or whatever we want to call it and the difference we make now, but leading our life and wanting all the nice things in the world i think that's great but i think the nicest things in the world are probably going to be what are the things that give our legacy momentum for a long time what are the core values and i'm not talking about you we need a dynasty like a king and we need to be kings and queens and all those things but I am saying that what is it that we're leaving behind in terms of each of us as a human, not only our children. And as a person that doesn't have my own biological children, you know, the legacy, it really makes you think that if we're leaning it all on our children, how much are we not giving to our community, to our business, to everything else? As someone who still believes in it because I want to give it to my Zoe and Maddie. But I also realize the importance of giving it to the community, to the people that work at Food Service Partners and Better with Bacon Fat and Primal Rock and Grown Strong, so on and so forth. So, I mean, what are your thoughts, Elaine? I mean, that was a lot I sort of dumped on there and I, I'm tying a, a very large power parallel to transcending cultural and religious barriers in a way, because that's sort of what Walt Disney's doing is spreading happiness, regardless of race, gender, background, religion. Um, but I didn't know if you had any thoughts there. Yeah, that I was really interesting tying all of that together in so many different ways from, you know, Walt Disney and his vision with everything that's been created ultimately by him and um, just tying it back to children and your stepchildren and your family. Um, 
that was really interesting to hear the topic taken so many different directions. And I think that's one of the best things about these Q and a type questions is they can really be applied to so many different areas and subjects. Um, it reminds me just going off the Walt Disney topic, which I don't know if you planned (laughs) for that to be tied into this episode so much, but, um, there is a show, I think it's on Disney plus it might be on Netflix. I'm not sure, but it's called visioneering, I think is what it is. Um, I got to look that up and make sure that I'm plus I know what you're talking about. I've been watching. It's basically the story of, you know, Disney world and everything Disney and how it came to be or Disneyland, I guess was first, I think before Disney world, or maybe I'm mixing that up. Don't listen to, don't listen to me. But (laughs) the point of this being the whole show, it's basically a documentary from the very beginning stages of Walt Disney's vision and dream and just all of the rejection that he faced and watching that was I watched it last year or two years ago during the beginning of COVID. Wow. That was a long time ago, but, um, I watched it during quarantine because I wanted something positive and uplifting. And I started that not knowing what to expect. I thought it was just a show about, you know, Disney world and who doesn't love Disney. So I thought I would just watch it and I ended up learning so much. And I think, you know, I would recommend watching that to anyone who hasn't, because it actually goes deep into all the rejection and hardship that was put in the way of creating Disney world. And, now Disney is a household name. You really can't go anywhere without seeing something related to Disney. Even if you go to the grocery store, there's Disney themed cereals and candy and all types of stuff. It's a normal household thing. And Disney's across the whole entire world. There's Disney's overseas, Disney in Paris. I've been to that one. I haven't been to any of the other ones, but uh, besides the ones in America, obviously, but it's just crazy how something that came to be, you know, this person, this individual faced so much rejection and hardship, um, and never gave up and had tenacity to continue moving forward. And I know we're talking, you know, visionary thread of leadership, but I think we can actually learn a lot from that story. And and maybe Disney's not your thing. And you're more of a universal person. I mean, even for Harry Potter and I'm not a big into Harry Potter, so I may stumble on this topic, but JK Rowling, I believe is how you say the author's name. That's pretty much a household name, even for someone who doesn't, I've never seen a Harry Potter movie all the way through. I was a Bible belt baby and my mom did not want us watching Harry Potter because she only knew what she heard about it. And we lived in the South and that's a whole other thing, but I wasn't able to watch it as a kid. And then growing up, it was just something I never got around to watching. So I've seen it parts of it. I've been to Harry Potter world but I've never, you know, read all the books and whatnot, but I know there's eight books. Is there eight books? I think there's a, there's a ton of books, you know, all these movies, all this success. And she also faced, I just saw it on Instagram yesterday. It was like 12 rejections of her book, her first book, something like that. And it's yeah. crazy to think, you know, these people who are now household names and it goes for so many people, I think too, like Oprah Winfrey and all these people that we know by name, um, you know, had this vision for their dreams and their purpose on their mission in life and had to face so much hardship. And that's just what this conversation has reminded me of. Yeah. And that's exactly that. And that's what the visionary threat is. And it doesn't, I think those leaders um, have been able to sew it in a way and their hardships are, are very much known um, publicly now. And so we see it and they really strive for something great, right? Their visionary threads were enormous. Um, 
by by most standards. And if all of us had just, you know, grander threads or ideas that we wanted to sow into our life, it doesn't necessarily need to be an Oprah Winfrey or the best basketball player or whatever. It just needs to be the best father you can be, which also means the best boss you can be, which also means the best community leader you can be, which also means the best friend you can be, which also means you know, the best son you can be, so on and so forth. And so, you know, there's things like that, that if we really concentrate on what those visionary threads are, the success, our family, so on and so forth, become successful. And um, it's uh, just, just for the record, it's seven books, but they did turn it into eight movies. That's why you think that. I so was just, like, oh, it's 10 books. <laughs> I didn't know how many it was. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, there's always that when something first becomes popular, there's always the initial pushback before the buy-in as humans. Sometimes we push back on things and then buy in quicker. Sometimes we, it depends, it takes longer periods of time. Sometimes it's fear oriented. Um, it all depends, but yes, I would, I 100% agree. And I think Hollywood for sure was very rough on him drawing cartoons and trying to turn cartoons into motion pictures when motion pictures were meant for like real actors and stuff, not cartoons. Like I think they saw cartoons as the, the entertainment before the show. Um, but I, I could be wrong there. So, and I haven't watched the thing or some of that Disney stuff in, in a while, but either way to your point yes um his visionary thread was very large and because he was sewing it constantly and living it the bond there was strong and so he didn't get off his course he just kept going and that's part of having that if you're tying everything towards it it's going to take years and if we look at orlando it's no longer 71 or 79,000 i can't remember what the number is people like 1960s you know 19, before he bought everything 61 by 1971 when he opened the park he's created entire cities you know lake buena vista florida is literally its own place and it's all walt disney you know they have their own construction company they built because of building walt disney world they have their own you know expertise because of that expansion and then listen before walt disney died walt disney there was no disney construction like the visionary was so huge and everyone saw it and won them to complete orlando so bad they literally built their own company because they weren't hitting the targets from another construction company so they built their own they'd never been in construction before it's a crazy idea, but that's how strong the visionary and we know how successful Walt Disney World is and the hotels and the concept and everyone being together. And now Star Wars opening up there and getting a land and looking probably to Marvel getting its own, you know, park there as well. You know, so in, in Star Wars Park and so on and so forth and whatever other Pixar Park, maybe. Although I, I like the way Pixar is integrated into everything, but I don't know. But what I am saying is the visionary thread has far outlasted the visionary leader, mainly because every 
one, he touched every thread everywhere his needle wove, every person that those needles touched over a lifetime became a believer in in what he was doing. He believed it. And I mean, he delivered and he was a smart man. Let's, you know, and he surrounded himself by smarter people. Like if it wasn't for the lawyer that helped him farm the four holding companies to buy the land in Florida, they would have driven up the prices and he would have never gotten the 23,000 plus acres that they did. But so visionary, like everything was so planned in his head. He could literally have people draw it by the time he was in 1960s and the 1960s, like starting to plan Epcot Center and what the world would look like and the future, the world of tomorrow and what his goals were and try to help society in the world. So I think that, you know, whatever it is, it's bigger than we think it is. I'm in food. I'm a food entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur in a lot of other things, but food is my main thing. That's like, the stability, that's the thing I know the most. I, I know how to produce small amounts of food. I know how to produce large amounts of food, procure it, grow it, distribute it, send it in the mail, get it to hospitals, just in time it, meaning bring it in today, produce it today, send it out tonight, and it's consumed for lunch, dinner tomorrow, and breakfast the following day. Like literally like that fast our organization runs. But in my visionary thread and realizing that I need in growing the company to grow the individuals and the employees in it, my visionary thread was not very good before. It had to be bigger. It had to be about food on a global scale. It had to be better food for all mankind. It has to be more nutritious food for everyone. And do I always live that way? Nope. I struggle sometimes just like anyone else. When I'm doing the 75 hard stuff, I'm pretty good. And I've gotten better and better. I don't drink energy drinks anymore or anything like that. So slowly I've eliminated a lot of that stuff. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I am trying to lead by example in that way. And as Food Service Partners grows, we are trying to get better and better and better because we've always done just in time for the hospitals and the long-term care homes and scratch cooking and just in time delivery and fresh products to be rethermed. that it's always been locally sourced and as natural as possible that to try to continue that as we grow into retail and we, you know, we start taking on some of the largest retailers in the country in terms of food and things like that. So the visionary threat has to be, you know, what can we do? like high pressure processing to not add additives or processing or artificial ingredients or over-processed ingredients to get shelf life without freezing also. So like that's the visionary thread. So in this learning it, I've realized that I, I should have done something a long time ago. And as I did other businesses as well, I didn't tie all the threads together the same way I, I've done now, vertically integrating also horizontally and with the marketing and the advertising, I just 
I sort of went after the opportunities without realizing that I should be creating my own opportunities through my visionary thread. And then the opportunities that now come to me are within that visionary thread and that blanket or that net. But keeping in mind, Food Service Partners, 24 years old, I'm 42 years old. I didn't realize most of this until probably 2012, it started sinking in and started, I started understanding it. But six years later, before the light bulb probably really went off and was like, oh, did I miss this one? Didn't get it from my parents, didn't get it from my teachers, didn't get it from mentors up until that point. But somewhere around 2012 and going through divorce and or starting the divorce process um, and my life changing, it all sort of came together through reading and, and changing my mentor groups, changing my friend groups, for sure, my influence groups, and really starting to look at what my dreams are. And at 42 years old, I'm literally still having this conversation like, okay, really, what are my dreams now? How big are they? What can I really achieve? Because I am with the help of everyone around me and, and everyone, like I said, the companies and family achieving my dreams on a daily basis. I wish there was more every day. I'm, I'm a, I, I want to achieve more. I want to make a bigger difference in people's lives and in the world and on this planet. But it's still every day we move forward. And so maybe I don't achieve everything I can as a leader, but I hope that I'm using enough visionary threads through enough of the needles in my life that 60 years later, which is roughly how long Walt Disney lived, you know, 60 years, 65 years, I think he was alive, something like that. And 60 years after his death, ish, I think, maybe more, I can't remember. Yes, yeah, 60 years. It's what has happened after him way more than happened during him. And so that's the type of thing that, you know, I'm hoping for here is that, okay, it doesn't matter what it is day to day. Yes, I want it to be more. Yes, I can do. But what am I doing every day through every part of my life, no matter how my life changes or my relationships or or business or clients that now change or their business change or now they reject us as even though we've done business with them for 24 years, like out of nowhere, just because someone new comes in and thinks they want to do it their way and better. Cool. But it's all growing pieces of what is it that we're really trying to do here. And if you're going to make a difference being always subject to everyone else makes it hard to live visionary core values or visionary trends or threads that make that 60 year impact. So, I mean, I think that that's really something we need to think about. I mean, it gets very easy to get caught up in our neighborhoods that look the same with the houses that relatively look the same and, and go to our jobs that where our cubicles and our buildings relatively look the same and drive the cars that relatively look the same, whether they're different color or from a different manufacturer. You know, we get caught up in that mediocrity or that normalcy anywhere in the world. 
what our communities are. We get caught up and that's why people get stuck and don't uplift themselves mobility wise because you get comfortable being in whatever low, high class, low class, middle class, economic class, whatever we're talking about, we are because it's comfortable. And we get in a routine and, and we just don't, we fear the risk of going any further. What is it going to mean? I might lose what already I have. And could it be worse than this? What am I really complaining? Gosh, I'm being so greedy because I want more. Really, I, you know, I get that, but I think it's, it's in a vacuum. So like you can have more, but make a difference doing it, make an impact doing it. Disney has a lot. His name means a lot. That family has a legacy of a lot. But they still did it anyway. And they still did it through fun, happiness, and joy. So I think that our legacies, especially as entrepreneurs and leaders and you know, managers or whoever else listens to community leaders or leaders in our homes. Um, you know, the mothers that lead our homes that are, you know, leading our households. There's visionary threads there. Big, strong ones. It doesn't only mean that you have to share one through both people in the family. Yes, you should have common ones. I agree, especially in raising a family, but they don't need to be shared. All of them. You don't want to drive your kids in two different directions, so don't get me wrong, <clears throat> but um, there should be commonality and there should be dreams within dreams. Um, there should be a family dream and there should be your individual dreams within the family dream and the kids dreams within the family dreams and no different than a business, your dream and the employees dreams and their families dreams and your family's dreams and the business's dreams. And what those visions are and those visionary threads are, how those dreams come together and we achieve them through discipline. Like I said, loyalty. If I want loyalty in my life, I want to build a loyal business, then I should start being loyal. If I want my business to start being healthier and exercising more, I should probably start doing that myself. If I want my kids to do more chores, I should probably start leading by example and doing more chores and being a chore and making chores one of my visionary threads everywhere at work, helping people pick up stuff, maybe going down and learning more if I'm in manufacturing, understanding what everyone does. I don't know what it is, but you need to be more active in your life. And that activity has to be, I don't have time for everything, but I can focus on what is my time being spent on. You know, so maybe... My kid's not great at math and I need to make sure I help them at math, but they're a really good athlete. Okay, maybe I should get them a tutor for math and I should really help spend my extra time on making them a better athlete because they might stand a chance at being a really great athlete. That's a visionary thread. What is the greatness? I'm achieving two things for my family. I'm achieving something for myself. I'm trying to achieve more so I can pay for a tutor, but I'm also trying to achieve more so I have the time to spend, you know, more time 
meaning more days, because I want to necessarily, I don't need to spend two hours with my kid every night. But if I can get in the routine of spending 45 minutes a night, every night with my kid doing a routine or getting them basic skills and creating it where it's seven days a week and not for two hours, only three days a week or five days a week, in addition to whatever practice they're doing, that's a big deal. Take interest in the things that they take interest in and the things that they need help with or need to move along in. prioritize that. If they're really good at math and you're seeing, okay, they're like sixth grade math. Okay, I need to pay attention to this. Maybe it's out of my league. Maybe I don't understand it. How can I be a part of this and embrace it and add to the dream? I don't know. But being a part of what your kids' interests are, I think, are a huge part versus, okay, I'm home. Let's just watch whatever on TV or whatever's on Netflix. So I'm not saying not to watch a Disney movie or some nor have family time. But what I am saying is, what is the visionary thread? So, all right. I don't thank you everyone for listening in you can find me on instagram at justin bizarro b-i-double-z-a-double-r-o um thank you elena for letting me ramble the whole time i hope i didn't ramble too much or use too many filler words in there i am working on that but it is um it was a good podcast so thank you yeah i think it was great good conversation that we had and i look forward to having you guys listen to our next episode thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time